and welcome to episode 184 of the Parkrun Adventurers coming from the, what, Urbacca Recording Studio in downtown Palmwoods. <laughs> and hello, Mark. Hello, Dave. How weird is this? You're in one end of my house and I'm in the other end of the house. We, this is what we're doing to overcome the technology this time. <laughs> and it seems to be working. Ah, anything to get the podcast out. Exactly. You've got to do what you've got to do. And as much as it would have been nice to have been face-to-face, -face, given we're in the same, you know, 20 square metres, um, yeah, I'm not quite technologically advanced enough for that. I can't figure out how to plug two microphones and two headsets into the one computer and not have everything explode. Hopefully, uh, it all goes seamlessly. If you want, though, the, the toilet is halfway between the two of us. So if necessary, if you're not feeling comfortable down that end of the house, we can always move you into the toilet. No. Great acoustics. I know you've recorded there before. As a very experienced Luddite, I probably can't help too much on the uh, technical side. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me again, Dave, on the pod. It's always great to have you around. And I want to hear, what did you do at Parkrun on the weekend? Where were you? Okay, well, I managed to get to the beautiful Parkrun at Majimba Beach. And it's, uh, it's about a year since I was there. So this turned out, I was very happy actually, I was determined to get back. Last time I just got off a plane and probably suffering a little bit of jet lag. That's the excuse I'm using. <laughs> um, because I've been back um, for a couple of weeks on the coast, become acclimatised. Very happy. I got a PB. Well done you. It's just happening too often. Isn't it? It's a bit sad, isn't it? When you first start uh, park run, oh, you seem to get one PB after another, sort of. Uh, and after you've been doing it for a few years, they're as rare as hen's teeth. Yes. But this one worked out really well. Despite the heat, despite the crowds, it was a good day. Well, I can't say I've had a PB since 2000. I think 2013 was the last time I had a PB. <laughs> it's been a little while. I'm, I'm not sure. So what does it feel like? Was it a course PB or an overall PB? Oh, just a, just a course PB. But it was one, um, yeah, I was quite happy with that. As I say, there were, there were a lot of fast runners there as well. Mind you, it seems as though there's always a lot of fast runners in places. And uh, I was actually sandwiched. There was a girl in front of me at the finish, a girl at the, a girl behind me at the, um, there as well. And I couldn't have gone any faster. Completely, yeah, completely knackered, actually. Some girls uh, run fast, Dave. Oh, they fly. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. It did work out very well. It's also one of the uh, days I'm very happy. One of the one of the things that we get a lot of on our coastal courses is you tend to have showers near the beach. And yes, I'm, as in not not rain showers, as in we actually have showers. Not rain showers. No, I, I tend to be covered with sweat after these things. Not a pretty sight. And it's great to just hobble over the finish line, stagger over to the shower, turn it on, and just stand there and uh, and cool off that way. Majimba's got one of those. It was great. I loved it. Excellent. I know in the past I've seen you also uh, employ another trick to keep cool while you're running. Did you? you... I did. Yes, <laughs> the the dreaded Bunnings hat. Possibly not a status symbol, not a not something that's likely to catch on in the fashion stakes. But uh, the Bunnings hat, wide brim, keeps the sun off. Absolutely brilliant, and you can put ice cubes in there. So yes, I had a hat full of ice. Well, it started off with a hatful of ice. By the end, there was one ice cube. Somebody else noticed that, uh, yeah, the one ice cube falling out. 
So they've cottoned onto my trick. And, and in fact, I've done that out of two, out of, two of the last park runs. And I've, for me, it works. I, I thoroughly recommend it. Great idea. Do you think it's got something to do with the fact that it's a straw hat? So, you, you know, it allows a certain amount of airflow through it. Is it like the whole old, ye olden days air conditioning kind of technology? Uh, <laughs> Ice and wind and cooling you're right Burke and Wills had a Bunnings hat uh, loaded up with ice in the top I reckon they would have you know managed it straight across the country up to the Gulf and back in no time <laughs> um, in case, the, the cap, I find caps don't really give me enough shade and uh, this was it was quite a warm day the other one I did was two weeks ago down at uh, Harris Harris Avenue at uh, northern Brisbane, and that was quite hot, and there was a lot of sun and not a great deal of shade. And the hat was absolutely brilliant. I, d- I do recommend people, especially Australian summer, keep your head covered if you can. Uh, the bonus, though, of having the ice in there, it really works. Um, I know other people who actually grab a few ice cubes and just hold them, and um, I think it just cools the blood as it goes through their hands. And, of course, it's non-polluting as well. Well, I think it's an excellent tactic to use. And, yes, agree with you, especially in the Southern Hemisphere where we've got high UV index that it's very important to stay covered and sun protected while we're participating as much as at the before and mm. after parts of parkrun. Oh, well, great. Congratulations on your PB. I reckon take it wherever you can get it. <laughs> a few and far between. Hmm. But, well, whereabouts did you end up last weekend? Well, I headed off to Redland Bay Park Run, which is oh, – if <laughs> the funny thing is we Googled how far it was driving time-wise on the Friday evening, but I think we, we made the mistake of doing that during peak hour traffic on a Friday night, and therefore Google doesn't tell you how long the traffic is going to take you at like when you're trying to arrive someplace before seven o'clock of a Saturday morning. And so I think the drive time was about 20 minutes different than it was on Saturday morning. So we were there super early. Uh, We were expecting it to take two hours and five minutes and it only took an hour 45, which is fine. Great. I love the traffic when it's like that. We probably could have had a bit more sleep instead of getting up at 4am. <laughs> it would have been nicer to uh, stay in bed a bit longer, especially since I'd only gone back to sleep at 3.30am after a feed. Um, these things happen. That's all good. Uh, I, I much prefer to be early than late anyway, and we've had our fair share of late to park runs or right on the wire. Um, it was Really beautiful and breezy. It was a bit of a headwind on the way out. Uh, I don't know. Have you done Redland Bay before, Dave? I did. In fact, I think I was there for the inaugural run. Oh, there you go. Well, that would be almost three years ago now because they're up to 130 events. It was a while back, yeah. Which, incidentally, I needed for my Wilson Index. <laughs> um, I, I didn't realise I needed it until I checked after the fact. Uh, It was a bit of a spontaneous trip for us. We found out last week that Adam's brother and sister-in-law are moving to New Zealand and they're going next week. So we thought, oh, well, we've been meaning to go and do Redland Bay. They live near there and catch up with them afterwards for literally years and just haven't done, you know, those things. We've seen them, but we haven't done parkrun beforehand. So we thought, well, we'll go, we'll go, 
grab a little visit before they chuff off over the ditch and give us another opportunity to go do park runs in another country. That's what I was thinking. What a wonderful bonus. Ah, yes, somebody over, over there. Absolutely. We just need to wait uh, for them to get a little bit settled. And oh, yeah, give them two or three days at least. Yeah, um, get, get a house that's big enough for them to offer free accommodation. <laughs> yeah, so it, oh, it was great. We caught up with my brother, Nicholas, and sister-in-law and niece and uh, nephew as well who came out uh, to park run with us, which was great. It's always good to double up on visits, especially when you're down in the Brisbane area because it's a bit far for us to make the trip all the time, especially now that we've got the two little people in tow. Uh, Yeah, but so the course, I I got completely distracted before the course. The course starts out as uh, two laps around the oval that it finishes in and then it turns into an out and back along the bay, which is very pretty and lots of opportunity for shade along the way. And like I said, yeah, there was a breeze, which was a headwind on the way out, but it was lovely. It gave us a little bit of oomph on the way back. And uh, funny, I've, I've been very conscious of not trying to manipulate too much the stopwatch bingo, but I will look with, with when I usually have about 100 metres to go to see what time I'm up to, whether or not I'm going to be in the ballpark. And this time I didn't look until I was about five metres out and I was literally going to be within seconds I need I need a 14 and I need a 17 I thought oh I'm going to be smack bang in the middle of these two that's a lie I don't need a 14 I need a 13 and Lani had run off this is my nine-year-old niece she always makes a sprint for the finish line so of course we even though we'd walked the whole course we had to run that last little bit to make sure she was within arm's reach and so we're running to keep up with her and I think I just overtook her uh, at the finish line and I thought oh well, that's pretty bad form of an auntie so I let her take the token which was the number higher than me and then I had regret or potential regret about oh my goodness what what am I going to do if they give her a 13 and I get a 14 <laughs> and I need the 13 for the stopwatch bingo am I going to regret being polite to my niece all this time as it turns out we we were given a time crossing the finish line together and we both got a 14. So I don't have to hold it against Lani uh, for finishing ahead yeah. of me or for being polite. We we both got gypped. <laughs> no, we didn't get gypped. Yeah, well, and look, the volunteers don't know. They're just being accurate and it's not their fault that I'm not accurately getting the stopwatch bingo times. It's not the first time I've missed it by about one second. And I'm sure it won't be the last. So I'm I'm getting used to it. I'm not precious about it. Just having fun. And it was a fun morning. I can say that much. I actually looked at uh, my stopwatch bingo thing the other day for the uh, first time in probably years, actually. Oh, yeah. And I think the only number I'm missing is one. Oh, wow. One second. Which I, I don't know if there's something odd about that, but uh, yeah. But I have no intention of trying to manipulate the. Uh, <laughs> Not trying to pace yourself to a twenty oh one or oh, anything like that. No, but by, by the end of the runs, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I can barely see the watch, let alone the finish. Well, the finish line, let alone the watch, is probably a better way of putting it. <laughs> oh well. 
Now, Dave, we do have an interview coming up next and you weren't able to join me for this one due to some technological difficulties we've had. We, we rescheduled a couple of times to try and overcome these. As it were, I was left on my own. I was the last co-host standing. So everybody, please bear with me. I hope you still enjoy it, even though the line of questioning only came from me this week. This week, we have got a very special guest on the podcast. She has had a massive adventure, one of those big time, lifetime memories just recently. She's back on Aussie shore, so it was an international adventure. She's big in the parkrun world in New South Wales, and her name is Margie Lewis. Margie, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurous Podcast. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Now, I want to jump straight in and hear first up all about your adventure. We'll go back in and listen to how you got into parkrun and everything like that. But this is one of my bucket list events and I want to hear all about you recently participated in a special marathon in Scotland. I did. I did. I participated in the Loch Ness Marathon. I figured if I was going to do a marathon, it should be a spectacular one. So... Loch Ness, I, we were in Scotland three years ago. I fell in love with the Scottish Highlands, um, particularly Loch Ness, and that's when I decided I would do it. Sounds incredible. I too am a big fan of Scotland. I went there for three months and I ended up living there for three and a half years. I did visit Loch Ness, didn't see Nessie. You had 42.2 kilometres. Does the marathon, it, does it go around the lake? It goes around the loch. No, not around it. What they it, it, it's so big, it's so long that you can only <laughs> the forty two point two kilometers is one side. So the the million dollar question is, did you see Nessie? Um, no. I saw a few splashes. Could have been Nessie. Not sure. But no, I can't confirm that I did, unfortunately. So what is the course like? Forty two point two kilometers in Scotland. Loch Ness involved, what what does that look like? So it starts way up in the highlands at just out of Fort Augustus um, with some sort of crazy elevation. I can't remember what the elevation was. Um, and you run down for <laughs> probably for about, I don't know, four or five miles. It's just downhill and fairly steep downhill. And then for the rest of the course, it's up and down and up and down and up and down. <laughs> um, it's an absolutely stunning course, absolutely beautiful. Um, but lots of well, – well, as they said in one of the signs they had on the course, just a wee bit hilly. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed as well. <laughs> Does it? Did it worry you that the, the whole first like five miles-ish was downhill, thinking that that was going to be – do you run back – uphill is it mountain back in that respect no it's it's um it's a one-way course so you start and you run back to the finish so there's no turnaround point um so you start at, at one end and you run 42.2 kilometers to the other end um so i knew i didn't have to go back up to that elevation which was nice and i um i've done uta uh, in the blue mountains a couple of times and Last year when I did that, or this year, sorry, I trained for downhill running. So I was keen to get going on the downhill. Make good time 
Yeah, make good time. So I, I did some good times probably for the first half of the marathon. Um, and then after that I had a few sort of um, issues with my MS and, yeah, I slowed down a bit. But, hey, I finished it and I finished it smiling. <laughs> I'll bet you did. And, and pumping the air, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> And what was the atmosphere of the marathon like? Were, were the other participants friendly? Oh, it was amazing. Um, there were people from all over the world, as you can imagine. Um, up at the start line, uh, the fellow who was on the microphone was talking about saying, we've got people from America and people from Canada and people from all these countries. And I walked past him and said, and Australia. Um, and he said, Australia, <laughs> you've come halfway across the world. And I said, yep, just for this. And so he had a bit of a chat to me. Um, people were dressed up. There was one fellow who was dressed up as Nessie. There were lots of people in kilts with tartan caps. Everyone was having a ball. I ran past one Aussie at the at one stage, um, and everyone was supporting everyone else. Um, as I said earlier, my MS was a bit of a factor, and I was struggling particularly in the last few kilometres. Um, and I, at one point I started walking and I heard a voice behind me saying, come on, you've got less than a park run to go. And I pricked up my ears and spun around because I measure things in park runs. And I said to this fellow, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You measure things in park runs. That's amazing. Um, and so he and I walked and ran the rest of the course. Um, while we were talking, um, while we were running, he mentioned that um, I think I must have brought up my MS as being an issue and he said he was actually running the marathon raising money for MS um, in England because his mate's mother had recently passed away from MS. So the two of us sort of had a connection um, and just before the finish he said, do you mind if I take off now? And I said, no, I'll leave my run till a bit later. So he took off and he said, I'll see you on the other side. Um, and I thought, okay, that's lovely. It's the last I'll see of him. Oh, the other thing he did mention to me was he asked me if I knew Tom Williams, and I said, yeah, I was actually at a conference just recently and chatting to him. So the parkrun connection at, at the marathon was really um, evident as well. Anyway, it's a small parkrun world, isn't it? Very small parkrun world. Anyway, when I crossed the finish line, I I was I was smashed. I was absolutely smashed. And I had my face in my hands and I took my, my hands away from my face, looked up, and there he was with his arms out ready to give me a hug. Aww. It was amazing. I know, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all choked up. It was incredible. So, And he's a mate of Tom's. Such a small world. Such a small world. But what are the chances, like, of all the marathons and all the people you can meet in the whole world? What a special moment. Yeah, to meet a fellow who knows someone that I also know but who was running for a cause that's dear to my heart. You know, it, it was, um, yeah, it was incredible. And what, what is the bling? I'm assuming there's amazing bling. There is amazing bling. It's a very heavy, very big medal with um, it's like the top of a, a running shoe. And the shoelace is um, partly unthreaded to make it look like Nessie. Oh, very cool. It's very clever. Yeah. Well, what a way to make your marathon debut. I mean, I I think most people do really well for the first half of their marathon and then toward the end it peters off somewhat. But as you mentioned, you've got MS. So I'm not very familiar with MS or the kinds of symptoms that you would experience. What kind of difference does that bring to your running 
Can you give us a little bit of an overview of that? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm coming into the time of year where my MS uh, plays a big factor in my running. Um, Whenever my core temperature increases um, and when it's really hot and I push myself, my symptoms flare up. And they might only flare up for half an hour or so, but um, they take it, it takes my legs from me a lot of the time. Um, I actually, and I, I think it might have been just the trip over and being tired and that sort of thing, I went into a mild relapse when I got to Scotland. So I ran the marathon at not 100% fitness um, because I was just out of a relapse. So I knew that um, I should take advantage of the downhills and walk the uphills so that I could get to the finish. That's a good strategy, definitely. And when you say it takes your legs from you, you you need to sit down because, you know, otherwise you would fall down while you're trying to run or... Yeah, it's really weird, Mel. Like um, at Parkrun, for instance, uh, two weeks ago when I ran Parkrun, I pushed myself um, and it was hot um, and I got to the end and I was just standing waiting for my barcode to be scanned and my legs completely went and I, I, I actually dropped to the ground. Um, that's what happens, yeah. Okay. Wow, that that's, that's an incredible thing to live with and you say – that is a particular sort of time of year where it's worse and I'm assuming the heat just in general yeah. makes it worse. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, MS doesn't like the heat. Um, I spent um, 14 years living in Darwin and um, I wasn't diagnosed till after I left Darwin um, but I did obviously have MS. Like I'd, I'd had it for quite a few years before I was formally diagnosed um, and I, I was wondering why I couldn't cope with the heat all of a sudden and that was why. Uh, it explains a lot when you get the diagnosis after that, I imagine. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, that's why that happens. <laughs> were you a runner before you were diagnosed? I was a runner back in my school days um, and then uh, and cross country, which hence my love of trails and distance now. I'm not really a speedster. Um, and then I finished school, went nursing, got married, had kids, got MS, um, and running was never really on the agenda. It was always in the back of my mind, and a marathon was always in the back of my mind, but it was never really on the agenda until I met Parkrun. <laughs> <laughs> and how does – I think we've been calling it MS the whole time. For for the people who might not understand what the acronym is, it's multiple sclerosis. And it's you, – you got diagnosed with it. You say, you know, you, you rambled off this list. Oh, you got married, you had kids, you got MS. It's, it sounds like something that you just went out and did. But <laughs> obviously um, that's not exactly the case. And is – can you explain for us what MS is, how it manifests for you? So my immune system – fights my own body. Okay. Um, I've got my immune system thinks it needs to fight stuff. It thinks that there's stuff going on in my body that it needs to react to. Um, and and when it does that, each time it kicks into this overdrive type action, it causes scarring, which is the multiple scarring, multiple sclerosis, um, in my brain. At this stage, it's only in my brain. Um, the other places it can occur is in the optic nerves, which would also obviously cause vision problems, and in the spine. And so whenever I, whenever the MS is active, it causes new lesions, and, and that's when my 
My symptoms are quite severe. Um, I've been in a wheelchair and I usually have to use a walking stick when I'm in relapse. I've got one in my handbag all the time. Wow, that's, that's a big deal. And how do you cope when you get given this diagnosis? Um, so I've worked in the disability field most of my adult life. So when I was diagnosed, I just thought, well, it'll get me when I let it get, when I let it get me. Um, that was the wrong attitude to have, but I had that attitude for a lot of years. Um, I refused to go on medication. I refused to, uh, I guess I refused to acknowledge it. Like I told people I had MS, but I, I was obviously refusing to acknowledge it. Um, and then... And then when I moved from Victoria up to here, um, I saw a new neurologist and he said, um, what meds, what medication are you on? And I said, well, I'm not on any. And he said, why? I said, because I choose not to take them. And he said, well, why are you wasting my time? I thought, well, I don't really know. So that was the end of that appointment. Um, I got another referral and this neurologist said to me, I can guarantee you'll be in a wheelchair within 10 years if you don't start taking medication. And I thought, oh. All right. <laughs> He's speaking a language you understand. Yeah, he pretty much slapped me over the head with a lump of 4B2 and said, wake up to yourself. Um, you know, you, you will end up not being able to walk. So um, I did wake up to myself. Okay. Now, I know there's been studies that have shown that one, one means of managing MS is exercise. And have you found that to be in your experience? I absolutely have. Um, the exercise, like it's a knock-on effect. The exercise, um, look, I was, I was exercising when I first had MS and then I would stop when I had a relapse and then I would start again and then I would stop again and it was sort of a yo-yo and I was, I was quite, I carried a lot of weight and, um, and then, like I said, I met Parkrun um, and slowly but surely started getting involved in Parkrun myself and, um then started realising that maybe I could go a little bit faster, maybe I could actually run, maybe I could actually jog some of it. And then I thought, well, maybe I need to develop some strength because all I was doing was trying to run. Um, so I now go to the gym religiously at least three times a week um, to strengthen my weakened muscles. And that combination, along with changing some of the things that I eat, has completely changed my mental attitude and I think that's one of the biggest changing factors for my physical well-being. Sounds fantastic. And Parkrun has played a little part in that at the very least. So let's go back there. How did you first find out about Parkrun? How did you get involved? Um, I'd gone up to Brisbane, both my girls live in Northside, Brisbane Northside, and I'd gone up there for a thing called the MS Moonlight Walk, and that was on a Saturday evening, and then my youngest daughter, Sarah, said to me that when we got home that night, come to Parkrun, and I said, come where? What's that? <laughs> um, so she explained, <laughs> she explained what Parkrun was, and I thought, oh, yeah, all right, I'll come and walk it. So I went to Sandgate Parkrun, and I was absolutely blown away. I did Parkrun with... Um, my walking stick that day um and I was yeah blown away with the fact that everyone stayed until I'd finished um I was supported I was applauded I was encouraged um and I thought wow this is incredible I came home looked for the closest park run to me and at that stage it was uh Newey um and thought oh well that's too far away so there goes my park run experience 
Then I did Sandgate the second time for for a second time and thought, no, I've got to have this in my life. So starting Park Run here in Taree was for selfish reasons, really. <laughs> <laughs> it was so that I could get involved. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that will admit it's like their experience and their involvement in Park Run, especially from a volunteer perspective, is actually very selfish. I personally <laughs> feel that way. You know, it's what I get out of it is why I do it. It's not actually for the other people that's kind of a byproduct just quietly um, but I find it very satisfying so I'm glad I'm not the only one absolutely how did how did you find the experience of starting an event in Tari was the local council and the community supportive um the the local community absolutely we had the community behind us right from the word go um I, I must add too that just after I started making uh, undertaking the process to start Park Run, there was another lady who contacted Park Run Australia, contacted Tim to uh, with interest, and so Tim put Janelle in t- in touch with me. So Janelle Jeffries and I um, were partners in crime for starting Tari. Um, the community was behind us one hundred percent. The council not so much. Um, they were suggesting that other things that were already happening would do. Um, so I ended up going to one particular counsellor and got her on side and she got counsel on side. But from woe to go, it was three months. Oh, that's an incredibly fast turnaround. Well done you. You must be very persuasive. Uh, can be. <laughs> <laughs> when you yeah. really want something. I, I, sure. I, I have a skill of making things, um, make, making people think that things are their idea. <laughs> and if they think it's their idea, then they're on board, aren't they? <laughs> they are. That's an excellent skill to have. <laughs> okay. So you've started Tari Park Run and everyone was supportive of it. it. It happened relatively quickly. Was there everything you had hoped it would be? And more. Yeah, and more. Um, we had no idea. Tari's not particularly huge. We had no idea what the numbers would be like. And for the first couple of years, you know, the numbers range between 50 to 100. Um, now, four and a half years on, pretty much every week we exceed 130 participants. Um, and the numbers of walkers um, have probably trebled you know people we've got people who have disabilities we've got a fellow who pushes himself in his wheelchair um it's just yeah far exceeded what I thought it might and that's not where the parkrun story stops for you you have recently handed over the ed ship to somebody else and when I say recently it's you know the last year-ish to become a volunteer event ambassador for parkrun australia yeah, I have. I um, we got to the point in Tari where we had a team of ten run directors, and um, I and you know they were they they're absolutely amazing. The the that that team run Tari Park Run, and I thought, well, I would like to support other events. There was a lot of other events that had started up around this area by that stage, um, and I knew there was potential for more events in the local area. And um, Sonia who was our EA at the time, um, was two hours away. And it's difficult to support events when you're that far away. So um, I put up my hand. Well, like attract likes, you're talking about your team being amazing. I, I, I think people attract those sorts of people to them when they are of that ilk to start with. 
Parkrun Australia is very lucky to have you. How have you found the experience of being an EA? Have you enjoyed supporting the event teams around you? I absolutely have. Um, I already had relationship, um, like a, I knew the teams um, and the event teams and EDs that are, that I've I look after now. So you know that part was easy, um, and I'm currently supporting two prospects. Um, one of them looks like they'll be launching hopefully in January. Um, and the other one in February, and that's been really exciting. That, you know, I was a little bit anxious about that to start with, but um, it's been great working with someone else to start up a park run because I know how that feels when you get to launch day. And you get to live vicariously through them and all their excitement again, don't you? That's right. Does it bring back memories? It does. It does. I was talking to the ED of um, the one that's launching in January and – she said, oh, you know, it'll probably be fairly quiet on our launch day. And I said, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you the names of those events or where they are because I'm sure the local communities will be behind them and that's all that needs to happen really. Yeah. But I would like to ask, we've, we kind of skipped all the way from your marathon to here without me asking you about your other adventures while you're overseas. So let's go back to the adventuring because I love to hear about the park runs that happen overseas and, and what you experienced. So where did you get to while you were away? Um, so my first one was in, in Ireland. Um, we we have family who live in Dublin, so we was, we docked there when we first flew over um, and then we drove over to the other coast <laughs> to the the west coast and I wanted to do a beach park run over in Ireland so I did Inch Beach Park Run which is on the Dingle Peninsula. Um, I think there were 32 people. And was it actually on the beach? It's actually on the beach um, but the beaches over there as you would know are the sand's packed down and it's pretty hard and it was like running on a well, running on the soft running track, I guess. So it wasn't hard going in the sand. Um, and it was great. It was out and back. It was it was wonderful. Awesome. Um, it was cold. <laughs> windy, a little bit windy. Yeah, a little bit windy. Um, but I took the shoes off and went for a paddle in the ocean, as you do, <laughs> at the end of it. And, like, we were welcomed. Um, they were – I checked their page just before, oh, probably on the Wednesday, and they were calling, still calling out for volunteers. So while I ran, Glenn volunteered. Oh, awesome. Yeah. A little bit of international volunteerism. Yeah. Can't beat it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was my first one. Then my second one was Inverness the day before the marathon. Um, <sighs> so jealous. <laughs> and in comparison to the 32 people, there was, I don't know, 600 and something. Is that their normal kind of crowd or was that no. it's because of the marathon weekend? It's because of the marathon, yeah. yeah. They, um, they, <laughs> they, in the run brief, they made a comment. Um, they said, look, nobody knows the course today. We've got marquees up because of you people. <laughs> um, so <laughs> their normal course, um, yeah, had to be changed, obviously, because of the marquees that were put up for, for the finish line um, in the event village. So um, it was just... I don't know. They did an amazing job. It was just around and through this uh, two ovals. Um, it was incredible. <laughs> there were people everywhere. Awesome. It was all organised. It was it was amazing. What's the vibe like in Ireland and Scotland at park runs? You know, you've got the awesome accents for starters. Yeah. But it does, does it feel like park run 
home away from home except a little bit colder? It does. It totally does. Um, complete with coffee and brekkie afterwards. Um, it, it all, like I go up and introduce myself and I, I said to them that I was an event ambassador from Australia and you, you're treated like you're part of the family. Um, how easy is it? You just turn up, it's it's the same as it is here. You use the same barcode as you do here, um, same distance, different time. 9.30, it's a little bit hard waiting till that late in the day. Isn't it funny? Wait, it's, it's a wait like you can have a sleep in and then you can have breakfast and they're still like looking at your watch going, oh, I've got all this time. <laughs> it's still not time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Very cool. But that wasn't the only – those weren't the only two, were there? There was a third event that you managed to sneak in before you came home. Yeah. Um, which one was that? I can't remember which one that was. Mount Lucas? Oh, Mount Lucas, of course. So Mount Lucas, uh, we were staying with our family's family at Edenderry and Mount Lucas is about 15 kilometres out and it's a wind farm. Um, and I thought, well, this is interesting. Um, so we went out to the wind farm and it was windy. Um, but the whole thing's been set up for Park Run. So there's, there's a little hut. And in that, just a little wooden hut that, with three walls, and in that hut there are hooks for you to hang your coats and your your hats, and there's a little shelf above it that for you to put your keys on, and it's got park a sign saying Park Run Meeting Place. Um, and then around the course are exercise pieces of exercise equipment. So initially I thought it was set up for Park Run, and then I realised that it's set up for people to be active. Um, and there were other people who were not participating in parkrun who were just walking their dogs or um, using the equipment. It was amazing. And you're, you're in amongst all these wind turbines. And because wind turbines aren't small, they're very big. And did yeah. you – that must I, – I feel like that must be a very surreal experience running around among those because yeah. we have a few of those sorts of farms in Australia and you you don't you you can drive past them but you don't tend to get too close but they always it always seems something very alien to me it it was a surreal experience because usually in australia there's fences around them or they're on someone's property or and you can't get close um and these didn't even have little fences around the bases like it had a sign saying don't climb up on the a little <laughs> were on. Um, but uh, yeah it blew my mind the fact that we were and it it's a um it's in the middle of a bog and it's obviously a working bog um so there's a little uh as we drove in we had to cross a little train track um and that's the bog train or the peat train that collects the the peat from the bog and brings it into to power um the re the rest of the wind farm to power the turbines, so it was just a surreal experience, and that's why I selected that one because um, I thought it was unique. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would, I would have had a really long finish time because I think I would have just been taking photos the whole time <laughs> of, of the wind turbines. And I will add, it was freezing that day, and I, I took a couple of photos, but then I thought, no, I've just. I've just, I, I just kept thinking about Glenn back at the start and I thought, oh, God, I've got to get back. It's cold. <laughs> well, that's fair enough too. Yeah. Well, Margie, thank you so much for joining me and having a chat about all things Parkrun and your personal experience with your first marathon. Congratulations. 
it is on my bucket list to do Loch Ness Marathon, although the elevation, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, you've got to do it. You'll love it. You'll love it. Like the, the ups and downs, um, it was like the back of Nessie. It was sort of undulating. It wasn't – none of the hills were too nasty. It was just that downhill at the start um, with the rain and that sort of thing. I, I was worried it would be a bit slippery, but it wasn't too bad. You would love it. Well, maybe you can come back with me, Margie, and we can go do it again together. Absolutely. Three years' time, we'll be back there, Mel. Three years' time. What's What year is that, 2022? Uh, yes. Okay. I, I reckon my boys are old enough to cope with some international travel by then. Well, while the the marathon is on, there's also the 10-kilometre, like it's a running festival, it's 10 kilometres, and there's also the Wee Nessie event. Ooh, the Wee Nessie event. And the Wee Nessie is for the wee ones. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds too cute. Sounds sounds like it should be a date, Mel. I think so, Maggie. I'll see you there. Okay. Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Cameron here reporting from the bright, beautiful and sunny Western Australia today. Now, I have come not only to chase my Nendi, but also to sail in one of the seven seas at Champion Lakes Parkrun. What a name, Champion Lakes. I'm starting to think WA has some of the best parkrun names in the state. Okay, so what do we know exactly about Champion Lakes Parkrun? Well, it is event number 217 today, and just... Looking at their stats, the average runtime was 33 minutes and 34 seconds, and the total hours run is 333 days. Wow, that's interesting. So while I was looking up interesting information about the Champion Lakes Park Run, I happened across an email I'd overlooked in my inbox, and it went a little something like this. Dear Cameron, thank you for your application to join the Roving Reporters on the Park Run Adventures podcast, Channel 5 News Crew. Unfortunately, your application at this time was unsuccessful since you have not completed the challenge set out. Please try again at a later date and resubmit your application. Yours sincerely, the Parkrun Adventurers. Challenge. Challenge? Oh, challenge. That's right. I remember there was a challenge. Okay. Oh, what was it? All right. Uh, It doesn't matter. I'll work it out as we go, okay? See you out there. G'day everyone, I'm here with the run director today, Richard. Richard, how are you going? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, how are you? I'm very well. Very excited to be here at Champion Lakes. Haven't been around this way in ages. It looks absolutely beautiful out there. Yeah, we have a special course. Um, We're lucky you can't get lost as long as the lake is on your left, you'll get round. Oh, fantastic. And so, how long have we been up and running here at Champion Lakes? Uh, Well, this is event number 217, so it's about two and a half years, I guess. Oh, brilliant. Oh, we're heading out. Well, let's head on over. Ah, post-run report for Champion Lakes Park Run. Like always, went far too fast out at the start. And then lo and behold, they tricked me. I thought it was just a flat, long, very PB-worthy course, but I was slightly wrong in that the huge long back straight is all into the wind. And then at the very end, when you turn the corner at the end of the back straight, it's full of lovely little flying insects to give you extra protein while you run for people like me who run with their mouths wide open. But it was a good good track, good day out. Let's see who else I can get to talk to. Well, I found someone else interesting to talk to. What's your name and where are you from and how did you get started in Park Run? Hello, my name is Wendy. I started in Park Run four years ago. 
uh, was the second week that Champion Lake started and I'm a big ambassador advocate for parkrun for a huge amount of reasons and it's just love it and wherever I go I do parkrun. Oh, okay, so you do some of the, the social prescribing to friends and family and whatnot? Yes, and I encourage anyone I can to come down and always go for coffee afterwards at Hidden Cafe. Don't miss coffee and go to Melbourne and I've done a few in Melbourne, done Darwin, Kalgoorlie and that's about it for me. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm so jealous. I, I did so many park runs before I worked out, hey, there's other ones around Perth and suddenly started finding them. It's brilliant. That's exactly right. And the other thing I've done is uh, seven park runs in one day, which is 35 kilometres, which takes in a lot of park runs, which is an interesting event as well. Oh, wow. Non-park run, but we do all the park runs. Oh, I think that's brilliant. What an achievement. Yes, and wherever you go on holiday, you look for a park run. First thing you do. I'm trying. I'm trying to convince my wife to go to Adelaide at some stage next year. Oh, lovely. Christie's Beach. I haven't done it, but Christie's Beach is beautiful. Oh, right. And another beautiful park run is Kalgoorlie. Oh, okay. Haven't been out there. It's a bit of a drive. Uh, and uh, Nightcliff in Darwin is absolutely stunning as well along the beachfront. Oh, I heard Nightcliff was really good. Yeah, so uh, well worth it. Excellent. Hey, just a bit of an out there question. Would you happen to be a listener of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast? I will now. Oh, excellent. I, I haven't actually listened to any podcast yet. I'm a bit in the dark ages. I'll listen out for it. It's really good. Uh, hosted by the lovely Mel Urbacher. And we've got people like me around Australia and around the world sort of visiting parkrun events, talking to people, having fun times, all sorts of good stuff. Great. I shall be a listener from now on. Oh, fantastic. Well, lovely to talk to you, and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. G'day, everyone. I'm here with Anne. Anne was one of the original event directors at Champion Lakes Parkrun. G'day. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Yeah, Teresa and I started up, and we're neighbours, and we do everything together. Oh, lovely. (laughs) She's even got me into bike riding as well. That's why I did very slowly today. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Yeah, and so we're a real close bunch here. We do a lot of things together at this parkrun. Um, there's a lot of largish girls that come down here that have been running and have made really fantastic uh, headway in their running and walking and there's some of them that are now, even though they're larger women, that are doing marathons tomorrow. Oh wow. So um, they're doing very well and they feel accepted at this park run. Well that's what and park run's all about isn't yeah, it? It's and so, all abilities. Yeah and they're doing very well with their abilities here and uh, as a, a Champion Lakes park run a lot of our runners will go to, say, Masters tomorrow or another event. And there's usually about 20 of us all in a group that will compete in events. And we also compete um, for Heart Kids. Okay. The, uh, What's that about? Run. Heart Kids is about children that have uh, had heart disease. And it's a support group for their parents and the families of children with heart disease. Oh, wow. So we uh, support them at this particular park run because a few of our families have had children with heart disease and uh, we run in red and red tutus and, and red so if you see a whole lot of park runners wearing red usually from Champion Lakes oh okay and, uh, I'll keep an eye out yeah and also tonight um, a lot of uh, runners here are very good musicians that's right. Yes. I they're classical a, musicians. There's, a, there's a, a concert tonight? Yes, there is a concert tonight. Uh, not only are they classical musicians, but uh, we also have people of many diverse talents. We have a few authors here that write and write poetry. Those two people over there are published authors. And also we have artists and all, all sorts of talents. And we support these people in their endeavours. And uh, yeah, so it's quite uh, 
when you when you go along to a classical concert and you see twenty runners sitting in a row, it's quite <laughs> it's quite unusual. Yeah, it sounds like Champion Lakes is the the cultural precinct of the parkrun world in Perth. Uh, I wouldn't like to put it that way, but uh, yeah, so there's some interesting characters amongst us, that's for sure. And we do support each other a lot, and uh, there's all other things that we do as well. Yeah, and a lot of us are mature age people that when we started it up. Yeah, they used to call us the old lady park run. But now, uh, when we've got a few world-class runners here that uh, have competed in the Tokyo Marathon and things like that, they they uh, don't call us the old lady marathon runners. Some very fast ones, and as you see, some very slow ones. We do have a lady that competes with a Zimmer frame here. Right. And she comes in in about an hour and 20. Oh, right. Well, that's, so, that's really um, well done. She does, yeah, she does uh, long-distance walking. Yep. And since she's been coming she's been able to reclaim her driving license now she's been walking so after a stroke she's only young but yeah and, and things like that it makes a huge difference to some people's lives because they can get fit enough to do things that they want to do well and it's been so nice talking yeah, to you thank you so that, much yeah and i hope to see you around again sometime well everyone's welcome here and, and you're welcome to come down and visit tamworth i will all right yeah. well thank you so much and i'll yeah. see you around yeah see you around go to the coffee shop okay G'day everyone, I'm here with Teresa who has helped out as one of the original event directors. G'day. Hello, how are you? I'm wonderful, how are you today? Yep, really enjoying it, it's another day down with the Park Run family and that's always good. Oh and it's a beautiful day to do it as well, I couldn't think of better weather or a better day or even a better place to come do this on Saturdays. So uh, how did you uh, get started down here at uh, Champion Lakes? Well, we originally started uh, with Claysbrook Cove, went there a couple of times before they opened up the Canning River Park Run. We went to the Canning River Park Run um, and we stayed there until they opened Pioneer Park. Then we went with Jeremy over to Pioneer Park um, and we assisted as run directors and any other volunteer position that we could as well as running whenever we could. Um, and then one day the cheeky little mite said, you know, we're looking for some people who are quite seen as runners in the community to start a new park run so that we can appeal to a broader range of people. So um, my girlfriend Anne and I uh, decided that we'd take on the challenge and Anne um, decided she would be the event director and I would be her assistant. Um, so that worked out for us. So three and a half years ago we started Champion Lakes Park Run um, and it's one of the best things that we ever did because we've got such a magnificent group of people who come down here every week and join us. We've really got a lot of people who've made some really good friendships down here. Yeah, I've got to say you're a super friendly bunch. <laughs> Thank you so much. I felt much. very welcome from the moment I got here. <laughs> except, except the moment I got here, I went in the wrong direction and then I eventually found here. <laughs> well, we have two right places to be. So under so the <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You can make a choice here at Champion Lake. So you can either meet under the tree, near the toilet area, uh, in the car park area there, or you can come over here 
both are okay because we'll take you over to the start line. So, oh, so I was right the first time. Oh. You were absolutely. Interesting. What's the deal with this hidden cafe? Why is it hidden? Is it is that just a name or is it a part of their shtick or something? What what gives? I mean, I'm a park runner. I need coffee. It should not be hidden. It should not be hidden. No. Well, it, that was the first cafe in the street where Anne and I lived, and uh, it was originally set up as a bike um, riders cafe. And because it wasn't on Albany Highway, they called it Hidden. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've been supporting it ever since. So there wasn't a cafe local to Champion Lakes. Um, we tried coffee vans and uh, the other things that you do, but yeah. Uh, the operators weren't interested in staying there yeah. for the amount of, yeah. of money that we could give them. So, yeah, we've been to Hidden. They've, they've embraced our vegan runners. They've embraced our dairy-free runners. So they, they give you a, a bit of a choice. And they do excellent coffee. Oh, good. I'm seeing a, a lot more uh, sort of vegan and, and plant-based uh, runners wearing uh, T-shirts and vests and whatnot. It seems to be a, a growing thing where uh, people are embracing um, veganism for, for running and, yeah. uh, and their lifestyle. Absolutely. And the thing is, differences are okay. And that's what I like about Park Run in general and Champion Lakes Park Run. One of our one of our runner walkers um, actually walks with a frame, a trolley, and so she walks around the lake with a trolley. It usually takes her an hour to an hour and a half to walk the. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah. To walk the distance. Um, and we have people who run and walk, and we tell everybody that that walking is fine, you know, if that's what they want to do, because it's achieving your personal best each Saturday. It's it's getting out and doing it for you, not about who comes, who's the first finisher. That's nothing to do with yeah, it. No, it's, 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 I think it's more, it's just about getting out there and getting active and um, getting some of this beautiful sunshine as well. And when you look at our, our volunteers, we have Steve... Uh, we have Eve and Jim Parry. Steve was a runner here and he suggested to him, his mum and dad that maybe they'd like to come down and volunteer. They've done over a hundred volunteers as photographer and marshal. Never run a park run. No, I think I think their uh, contribution is is absolutely amazing. Absolutely, it's just we are very very lucky with the diversity of people that we get down here. Very lucky. So I think what you've created is a wonderful event. Thank you very much and well done. And uh, thanks for the chat. You're welcome. Hi, this is Cameron, and I'm very excited because I'm talking to someone who I don't know. What's your name? My name's Trisha. Trisha, lovely to meet you. Now, you said, what did you say to me earlier? I know who you are. You know who I am. And then you mentioned something about another C word. What C word was that again? Ch -ch challenge? <laughs> yes, challenge. Oh, so would that make you a Parkrun Adventurers podcast listener? It, it would, yes. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that if you know of the challenge and if you're a listener, you know that there's something else I need to ask you. Do you know what that is? Uh, you have to refresh my memory, sorry. I think it was something along the lines of if you could name another roving reporter on the Channel 5 news crew team, then I would be allowed to be one of them from WA. Do you remember anyone's name? I do. Mel. Uh, Melissa. Melissa. Does and Talk. And Talk. Yep. Anyone else? Uh, you. 
<laughs> well, technically no, but maybe. That's it? That's it. You've just made my day. Yay! Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, well, well. Cam, Cam, Cam. Filing a roving report from Champion Lakes Park Run as his submission, his entry request to the Channel 5 news crew. The only roving report that we're going to pop into the podcast this week, we do have two other excellent submissions, which for reasons of brevity, we're going to save for you to listen to until next week. I don't know about this one, Dave. There's a uh, there's some speculation happening. I think I think we need to speculate. What did you think? Does this does this entry get him over the line? I think we could say he finalised his challenge with that. Oh, I don't know. Are you thinking about it? Well, here's the thing. The challenge was interview a pod listener, but it needs to be someone that he doesn't already know. And it's a bonus if the listener can name one of the existing news crew. Mm, So Cam interviewed Trisha, who is allegedly, and I'm holding up my hands here, inverted commas, (laughs) an existing pod listener. I checked the results and there is no Trisha in the results at Champion Lakes from last weekend. Is that suspicious, Dave? Oh, there's a possibility going through there. Now, there are just a handful of unknowns showing up in the list. Mm. I did check the volunteer roster also. There was no Trisha on the volunteer roster. There was no Patricia. Okay. Unless Trisha is adventuring under a pseudonym. Could it happen? Would it happen? <laughs> I don't know. So you're not just thinking about drug cheats. You're thinking about people who may, may be using an alias for a name? Well, I, well, yeah. I mean, does she even exist? Okay, a forensic parkrun inspection might be. <laughs> Are we going to go through the photos and try and identify each of the people? Yeah, I don't know, Dave. Do we do we expect that this is an honour system and we'll take Cam at his word? He did sound so excited that he was going to be joining the news crew. I, I think that, I think it's worth it. Either that, or um, you induct uh, Trisha. <laughs> Trisha's done nothing. She's never submitted a roving report. <laughs> However, if she does indeed listen to the pod, hi, Trisha. Thanks for listening. We're very excited to have you well done, yeah. around and, and identifying roving reporters. And bonus points. We did say that bonus points would go to Cam if the listener knew one of the existing news crew. She knew two of them. She was able to name Mel Ellis and Toc, which is very impressive. I think it's superb. But I also think, uh, how could you say no to Cam with his enthusiasm? Well, exactly. And the reports are getting better every time he submits one. So not to mention the fact that he's in WA. We've been trying to tap into that market for a very long time. I shouldn't call it a market. Mm. What should I call it? (laughs) The far side. The far side. (laughs) We love West Australians and, all right, okay, this is it. Cam, you made it. Well done.
you're in. Welcome, Kim. You've, you've done very well. And let's face it, if you put all that effort into cheating and getting somebody to pretend that uh, they don't know you uh, and still come up with the answers, I think it's worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> we we reward right? cheats when they're elaborate and um, <laughs> conscientious. <laughs> we reward cheats if they don't get caught. Well, is it really cheating if you don't get caught? I don't know. No. No, well done. Anyway, yes, very excited to have you. And uh, we will we will send you all the secret handshake information, etc., a little bit later this week. Mm. Now, speaking of stuff going out, this is this is a very loose segue here, Dave. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that if you have ordered an ugly Christmas singlet and have plans to celebrate International Ugly Christmas Singlet Day, the inaugural one with us this year on the 21st of December, the shipping will actually commence on the 4th of December. So keep an eye out on your letterboxes anytime after the 5th if you're in um, like a major capital city or, you know, one of those fast places that receives posts. Just bear that in mind. Very good. And another one that uh, actually we should have mentioned this with Cam is uh, one that we'd, we're a little bit interested in. We saw last week was the inaugural run of the uh, Monday Regional Park Run, uh, which looks as though it's a, an extremely hard one over there in Western Australia. Might be one that Cam will have to get to in the not-too-distant future. Hmm. Yes, but uh, my ears pricked up when somebody said, ooh, Hard run, you know, potentially a contender for the most difficult park run in Australia. And I wanted to know more. I I can't help myself <laughs> when it comes to hilly or difficult. You know, I'm always interested to know more. And it does sound like an absolute cracker, Dave. It does. Uh, it looks as though this is only with one event. But I think the, uh, the, the person who came in first place was in, was it just over 21 minutes, which is uh, quite a reasonable pace, but uh, compared to uh, most places, uh, it's reasonably slow, which is a fair indication. And I think the average run time was, was it 40, 41 minutes and 46 seconds? Yes, yeah. And look, I mean, we don't know how fast that person who came in at 21 minutes usually park runs perhaps we could have done some research <laughs> might have been able to say well they're normally an 18 minute park runner so it's added three mm. minutes to the time we didn't do that but what we did do is we looked up the average run times for another couple of park run events in Australia which have a reputation for being difficult those being Namble Park Run and Ocean View Park Run and yes okay Monday Regionals only had one event so it's not apples with apples. It's apples with oranges when you're making a comparison. But I was still interested to see that Nambour Park Run's average runtime over the history of the event is 38.01. So they must have had their share of quicker participants as well. And Ocean Views was a little bit closer to the Monday Regional mark and in that they had 41.35 so they were only 11 seconds faster their average run time mm. interesting okay. interesting so we, i think we do need a few people to uh to try out all well a number of the harder runs and uh i'd love to see a report coming back from uh, the monday regional uh, park run 
not giving, giving anyone any work or anything uh-huh. like that. But no work. Just try running uh, what is potentially the hardest park run in Australia, but no work. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be on my list anyway to try out when next I'm over in WA. Although my list is getting longer, and I'm looking at different ways for extending my list these days, Dave. When you have so much choice, how do you how do you just choose? Yes, we've got all the the normal running challenges that are out there for everybody, the all the unofficial clubs and things like that. But do you try to mix it up a bit, even creating your own sort of bespoke challenges, as it were? To be fair, no, not really. So what, um, what, what determines how you get to a park run of a weekend? Uh, well, as you're, you're aware, I've got a couple of friends who enjoy getting out to, uh, to different courses, so that's, that is one of the things. Overseas, um, I was usually looking for, for courses that appeal to me. So I, I quite like the ones that uh, if they've got bridges, lakes, uh, water, nice soft course for bare feet, uh, that sort of thing that, that I'm sure everyone looks for. Nice soft courses for their bare feet. I don't think everybody looks for that, Dave. Well, if you happen to do a bit of barefoot running, yeah, if it's got uh, gravel, uh, I will avoid something that has five kilometres of bindi. <laughs> have you ever come across those in all your years park running so far? Uh, there have been a few that I've managed to avoid because they, yeah, yeah uh, one of the ones you mentioned beforehand, Nambour. I've, I have done that one barefoot, but uh, once was enough. Yes, you wouldn't recommend it's, it. Uh, it's a bit on the rocky side. So, um, but as to where, uh, no, normally I'm quite happy trying all sorts of different ones. It's it's really the people that uh, that make the place, and I'd say out of the hundreds of well, no, it's over a hundred different courses I've been to. It's the people you remember as much as anything else. The happy, friendly parkrun's a good place. Hmm. Very interesting. I don't disagree with you, though, about the people. It is definitely all about the people in the end. Like, I, I, I'm always just really interested in how people choose where they're going to go because we are spoilt for choice. There are more park runs in Australia, let alone the world, than we can reasonably ever hope to complete. I think we're, we're very lucky. So you find the challenges very useful to try and narrow down the uh, where you want to be on a particular Saturday morning? Yeah, you've got to have some criteria to help you prioritise where you're going to head, especially when, mm. uh, I mean, I guess I'm fortunate that time and money are both contributing factors, <laughs> as is mm. having a pram and transporting a family and all those sorts of things. I mean, they, yeah. they help narrow the field down to a certain extent, but that still leaves a lot of scope for what you can do, uh, which is part of the beauty of being an adventurer and and part of the lure. You know, we have just so much variety out there. And you're right. It's great being spoiled for choice. Dave, it has been a pleasure to have you join me once again and almost in person in the Urbaka Recording Studios this week. You've done a stellar job and here's to many more parkrun adventures. <laughs>